Next on BYU Sports Nation, a royal blue basketball snub. No player of the year, no coach of the year. But who deserved a prime conference award more, Yoli Childs or Mark Pope? BYU hoopster and media mogul Evan Troy stops by Studio B, and he has a BYUSN exclusive today. Plus, my one-on-one with BYU wide receiver Gunnar Romney, how the Hawaii Bowl changed his entire focus this offseason. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, March 4th, wherever and however you're connected, always nice to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who just filed a legal appeal for the 2020 West Coast Conference Men's Basketball Awards, Jason Shepard. Look, I can't get into a lot of the details because it, it is a, an ongoing case that, uh, that we don't really want to show our hand right now. What I can tell you is uh, I have retained the services of one uh, Mark Durant. <laughs> um, he, uh, he, he practices real estate law, but he's decided to uh, take on this case pro bono uh, in order to uh, right some wrongs. So, but again, I can't go into details. Maybe at a later date. The pending litigation yes. will uh, bring forth some <laughs> good fruits, we hope. Yes. We will keep you up to date uh, on the adventures of Durant and Shepard. <laughs> That's a good law firm name. <laughs> Uh, Jason, I promise to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth about today's show lineup. I like it. Good start. Okay. BYU junior wide receiver Gunner Romney has bulked up and now assumes the role of veteran. How his receivers group plan to make up for the loss of so much senior production. Then there's BYU senior guard Evan Troy, who apparently is auditioning for my job and Jerem's job. And uh, he'll do so in a jacket that Jim McMahon thinks is awesome. Uh, incredible stuff. Plus, our BYU spring football position review previews continue with a surprisingly different-looking BYU football pass defense. I've got another surprise. Today's BYUSN headlines. The West Coast Conference coaches have voted and in turn awarded the top players in men's basketball and women's basketball for the 2020 season. On the men's side, a trifecta of talent on the WCC first team, Yoli Childs, Jake Toulson, and TJ Haas, all part of that 10-man first team. Toulson was also named Conference Newcomer of the Year in just moments. We'll discuss justice for Yoli <laughs> and head coach Mark Pope. That's right. On the women's side of things, junior Sarah Hampson won the Defensive Player of the Year for the second time in her career. Sarah is just the fourth student-athlete in conference history to win that award twice. Also, Hampson, Brenna Drollinger, and Paisley Johnson were named WCC first team. BYU baseball beats Utah Valley 5-4 to four in the Cougars' 2020 home opener. The Cougars have beaten the Wolverines nine straight times. They've won 14 of the last 15 in that cross-county collision. Six different pitchers combined for BYU with nine strikeouts to help overcome a four-run deficit in the first inning. UVU scored four in the first, didn't score again. BYU rallied behind Peyton Cole, who draws the RBI game-winning walk in the fifth inning. 
and they never surrender that lead. BYU begins a three-game series at Oklahoma State on Thursday in which Jaron Hall will travel with the team despite being in spring football. Yes, he will uh, be allowed to travel, and uh, then next week it's the home opener, so he'll be able to be with baseball for a little while, even though spring football is currently going on. Softball's Riley Jensen McFarland earned National Fast Pitch Coaches Association National Player of the Week. This is the third NFCA weekly honor for Jensen McFarland over the five games at the Judy Garman Classic. Riley hit 643 with eight runs batted in and seven runs scored. Wow. Incredible. Three bombs as well. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Trio Senior Living. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The law firm of Durant and Shepard. <laughs> We're here to figure out why in the world Yoli Childs was not named the West Coast Conference Player of the Year and why Mark Pope was not named the West Coast Conference Coach of the Year, losing out to Damon Stoudemire and Childs losing out to Gonzalez, uh, Gonzaga's Philip Petrushev. We want you to join this conversation specifically by voting in a live poll going on at vote.byu.org and cast on the following question. Who deserved the Coach Player of the Year award more? Was it Yoli Childs or was it Mark Pope? Essentially, we want you to tell us who got jobbed more. right. So, Jason, uh, let's have you answer the question. Who deserved it more? Okay. I want to say this right off the top. Both of them deserve to win. They both should have won their respective awards, player of the year and coach of the year. But since that isn't the question, I'm going to go with Yoli Childs. And while I do think Pope deserves the award, I can at least understand more why Damon Stoudemire was given the coach of the year award. I can, he improved his team's win total from 14 regular season wins last season to 23 this year and put them in a prime spot heading into the WCC tournament. So I can, I can understand that more. Now, I still would have gone with Pope, but I can at least understand that more than the player of the year results. As for Yoli, the only reason I can think of as to why he didn't get it is because he didn't play as many games. Yes, However, he did qualify for the award. And in order to qualify for the award, he had to play in 75% of the conference games. So he played in the amount of games that is required to be up for this award. So in my opinion, that once you qualify for it, you're, you're in the mix. And it shouldn't matter at that point. That's the only reason I can think of. Because Petrushev, he averaged 18-7 and seven on the team that won the regular season. Best if you're, player on yes, the best team. If you're just going to go with the best player on the best team, then the league got it right. I don't think that that's correct, though. Yoli led the league in scoring with 22.7. He was second in the league in rebounding at 8.5. He was a better scorer, a better rebounder, and an equal shooter to Petrushev. Yoli deserved that award. Yeah, I'm not buying the whole best player on the best team, and it should just be that way, because BYU's had two players of the year when they didn't win the regular season or the conference tournament. Tyler Haas did it in 13-14. Two years later, Kyle Collinsworth did it. So I thought... Uh, the coaches will see that. Yoli Childs is clearly the best individual player in the conference. And here's why. Because if you take Yoli off of BYU's team, the Cougars are obviously different. Still talented, yep. still able to win a big game, but it was obvious the difference that Yoli Childs made once he got back with the team. BYU went from a bubble team to 
number nine in the net rankings, 11 in Ken Palm, and a lock for the NCAA tournament. He made that much of a difference. Gonzaga is so loaded that if Philip Petrushev was taken out of the lineup, let's say for, I don't know, 13 games yeah. like Yoli didn't play, they'd still be awesome because they have a freshman, Timmy, who is incredible and a West Coast Conference All-Freshman team member. They could insert him and a number of other guys, and they'd be fine with Woolridge and Gilder and Kispert and Killian Tilly. Like, they're not going to have that much of a drop-off without Philip Petrushev. I think Yoli is the most valuable yes. player in the conference, and he deserved the player of the year. But it is because he didn't play all 16 games. And coaches... Then, why do, you, then why do you even have the, the, the requirement that you have to qualify for a certain amount of games? It doesn't make any sense to me. If he qualified, then once that, once that qualification is met, then it shouldn't matter. If, if you've put in the rules that you have to play at least 75% of the games, and then a player plays 75% of the games, once that happens, it should no longer be used for another player or against another player, yeah. in my opinion. No, I, I get and, it. And, and the other part about it is head-to-head. They only had one matchup where, where Petrushev and Yoli played in the same game. That was the game in Provo, Okay. Yoli dominated that matchup, and his team won that game. That's another head-to-head matchup where, B- where BYU was the better team and Yoli was by far the better player. Now, again, the only reason I think the coaches went with Petrushev is because more coaches saw him than they saw Yoli Childs give their team trouble, just based on the number of games alone. So that, that's the only reason I can see why Petrushev takes the cake over Child. Just He played more games. He gave... More coaches, more headaches than Childs did. I also think there's, to a certain extent, when these awards come up, I think everybody looks first to Gonzaga. Why wouldn't you? They're the king of uh, I, I the think, league. I think, that there's, I think that maybe subconsciously that's where some of this stuff leans anyway because that's where you look first. Yeah. I'm with you. I think Yoli got jobbed more. I think Mark Pope deserves it. Yeah, but they both deserve to win. Mark the- Few. Honestly, Mark Few could have won yeah. it too, and I would have had no issue with that. Mark Few, Mark Pope, either of the Marks. And that's taking nothing away from Damon. It just Gonzaga and BYU have gone next level this year. Yeah. Now on to topic number two. Today marks day three of BYU football spring practices. And there's still plenty of time before the season begins. But we love looking at these position groups and where things stand as of today. So, Spencer, what are the areas position-wise, what's the position that you have the most concern of right now? And what's the position where you have the most confidence in right now? Okay, I'm going to start with the confidence factor. And if you watched the show earlier this week, you already know my answer. It's the BYU tight ends. They are so good, and they have an All-American led by Matt Bushman. So obviously, it's the BYU tight ends. Isaac Rex Looks fantastic in the limited time I've seen him in spring. Coaches rave about him. The BYU tight ends group is going to be very good for a long, long time. And if you're in trouble, Zach Wilson knows where to go. Yeah, Look for your tight end. Look for your safety valve. It is Matt Bushman. I think this is the most deep and loaded, talented group that BYU football has on the team right now. And they'll be more noticed than a group like the offensive line because the offensive line is great and they have a ton of experience. I just think that people will be able to see how good the tight ends are. And as good as Bushman is, I don't think there's going to be a ton of drop-off. I think this tight ends group is going to be good for at least the next five to six years. BYU tight ends are back. Now, in terms of concern level, 
it's not so much that I don't think BYU's first-teamers can handle it. It's more of the concern for depth, and that's on the defensive line. I don't know what BYU has on the defensive line outside of Kairos Tonga and Atunaisa Mahe. Devin Kafusi wasn't dressed in the practice that I watched him, so I wonder if he's okay. I know that Uriah Leatawa and Lorenzo Fawatea are in the mix as well. I don't, I don't know how deep BYU is at defensive line. I'm going to need the coaches to talk me up in terms of why I should or should not be concerned a little bit more there. But that, if guys get hurt, Kairos gets hurt, Nisa gets hurt, then I think BYU might be in trouble with the defensive line pass rush. For me, the position that I'm most confident in, and you mentioned it a second ago, it is the offensive line. I understand that it's not the, the glamour position, but as we've seen, it's such an important start to where everything begins for this offense that I, I, I'm very confident in what is coming back. You legitimately have two NFL players on the line in Brady Christensen and James Empey. These are guys that are going to play in the National Football Brady League. Brady Christensen might be the highest graded yes. player of any football player on the BYU roster right now. So you have, you have two NFL guys there, and we talked about it a month or so ago when, we had, when both were named to some of, the, some of the lists that had the top-returning linemen in college football. Plus, consistency plays a big role in why I'm so confident in that position. You have the majority of the line back. You not only have your starters in place, but I think the depth behind them is there as well. I think they know who those guys are. I think they're confident in the guys that if they need to shuffle guys around or bring guys in from from the depth that I think they're in pretty good shape. I, I think BYU is back to being the program that can simply reload at offensive line year in and year out. And that's something that this coaching staff specifically, when they came in, was looking to overhaul the way that the offensive line looked and performed. And, and I think we're getting to that point where it's now just reload year after year after year. I think it's been got a while since in. BYU had guys from that position yes. go into the National Football yeah. League. So for me, the, the one that I, I have the most concern or right now the least confident in is kicker. Ooh. Jake Oldroyd right now is the only kicker on the roster. Okay. And Skyler Scott, Southland transfers tra- to Utah. Transfers to Utah. Um, and, and I'm, I'm not worried about the punting. It's, it's more the field goals. I, I thought Southam did a fantastic job punting uh, when he had the opportunity. Oldroyd? Or excuse me, Oldroyd. Excuse yeah. me, yes, Oldroyd. So while last season, though, began on a positive note, everything to begin the season, you're thinking, oh, the, the kicking game is solid. It, towards the end of the year, it, it was a problem. Oldroyd finished the year 16 of 24. And between the yards of 30 and 50, he was 9 of 16. After starting the year 10 of 11. Yeah. BYU kickers only made seven out of 16 the rest of the year. Yeah, that's level that's, of so, that's, so that's, that's reason th- for that's concern. That's the one position right now that I, I have the most concern about going into the year because it does change. It changes whether or not you go for it on fourth down if you're in a certain area. You know, it not only changes kicking, but it could change how the offense calls plays. So that's probably where I'm at with the concern right now. Okay, those are your concerns and confidence markers for BYU football going into the 2020 season. Jason likes the offensive line, concerned about the kickers. I really like that group of tight ends led by Matt Bushman, and I'd like to see some more depth on the defensive line. Honestly, I just want to see what scheme BYU is going to run, yeah. and then I'll probably <laughs> feel a lot better because if it's going to be a 4-2-5, a 3-3-5, a 3-4, 4-3. I just want to know. So, Because they want to get the best 11 on the field, obviously. But what scheme is going to allow BYU to do that without asking guys like Zane Anderson to bulk up and gain 30 pounds? Or I feel like they're putting guys back more in their natural element. Do they have enough depth to do that and just be solid 
and not have to worry about injuries for the first time in a long time. Right. Yeah. Okay. Those are your football takes. Our question of the day, back to basketball. We've asked you to vote at uh, vote.byutv.org as well as on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Who deserved the coach or player of the year award more? Was it Mark Pope or Yoli Childs? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in from Jack Hamlin on Instagram. He says, Coach Mark Pope has turned the identity and vision of BYU basketball around in one season, and that is not easy to do. Props to him for what he's done and the hopes he has given the school players and fans. There's no question about the energy that exists within the program, but I don't want to take away the fact that BYU has more talent in the lineup than they have had in a very long time, and senior yeah. talent. Well, and, and the poll right now, I mean, it's it's close. It's Yoli Childs at 53% and Mark Pope with 47%. And again, I started off my remarks by saying they both deserve to win. Sure. They absolutely both should have won those awards. And the fact that neither did is, is it's a pretty big deal, I think. Yeah, well, it's up to the coaches. Yeah. So I'd just be interested to hear uh, off the record, if you will, what the coaches had to say and why they voted the way they did. I'd, just, I'd be interested to hear that. Coming up, our BYU basketball resume update. And Gunnar Romney, BYU football receiver, one-on-one. Why the entire offseason changed for the star from Arizona after the Hawaii Bowl. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU TV will have extensive coverage of the WCC tournament again this year. Coverage begins tomorrow with BYUSN Live from the Orleans Arena, plus four opening round games you can watch on BYU TV or the BYU TV app. We're doing it live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jason Shepard. BYU spring football is back and going. They are three practices into their 15 practices in March. That spring game set for Saturday March 28th at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Recently had the opportunity to go one-on-one with BYU, now junior wide receiver Gunnar Romney. Jason, he's bulked up. He looks stronger. He looks faster. Man, the bowl game really uh, did a number on him and the BYU football team. That all discussed in my one-on-one BYU Sports Nation all-access, Gunnar Romney. Gunnar, one day down, you're a football junkie. How does it feel to be on the field again for spring football? Man, I'm so excited to start spring football again. We've just been working out just without any pads on or anything for the last couple months, and it feels good to finally be on the field competing again, throwing the ball off round. So I'm, I'm excited for it. What is it like to compete now with your scholarshiped brother, Baylor? It's a, it's a good time. I think he deserved it. He earned it, and he's been working for it. So it's, it's fun to go out there and compete with him and all the rest of the quarterbacks as well. What are you working on personally to try and get better as a wide receiver? You know, I'm, I've been trying to put on a little bit of weight this offseason, trying to get bigger, get more physical, so I can, you know, have my way with DBs a little bit better. Having your way with a DB, okay, walk me through that. What, what does that entail? So that just being bigger, faster, stronger, just being able to physically impose your will on the DB a little bit better. You know, last year I felt like I did a pretty good job, but it always helps when you're stronger and bigger to be able to just get in and out of your breaks, be more physical, and just come down with every single ball. It's hard to know what an identity of a team is this early into spring ball, but where do you feel like this team will be different than the previous BYU teams you've competed for? Yeah, you know, I think it's just the mindset. Everybody since since uh, since Hawaii last ended, 
everybody came in with a different mindset saying we don't want to have another seven and six type season uh we want we want to do something special and we want to leave our mark and so i think everybody's just been way more competitive in, in the in the offseason training everybody's been you know getting extra work putting in that extra time to that will make the team great so i think everybody's sort of playing with a chip on their shoulder this year and you can you can feel the intensity it's interesting coming off of a frustrating loss like that how did you process that individually you know it's it's always hard to go into the offseason uh, on a on a down note like that but you can also use it as positive use it as motive use it as motivation for the offseason you know we don't want that to happen again and so you have to keep that chip on your shoulder like I was saying and just keep working and just remember how that how that felt after the game in the locker room watching those seniors go out on that note and it, it hurt and so we don't want to end the season that way so it's just that extra motivation what does doing something special mean in your words? Because you brought that up. I think it just just uh, have a season like we haven't had in the last couple of years. Just get back to that old BYU dominant football, and just uh, show everybody that we're we're back and BYU's back, and that we're going to try and we're going to try and shock a lot of people this year. Let's talk about the quarterbacks because obviously your brother is one of those capable. Uh, got a win against Boise State. Is able to hold off Utah State. Um, Jaron started a game at Utah State and played well. And Zach is a very capable incumbent starting quarterback. So, uh, what do you think of the quarterbacks room right now? I think it's we're just stacked. Like you can't go wrong with any of them. All of them are great players. All of them have their own specific play type that they play with. So it's really pick your poison. I mean, uh, it'll be competitive. I'm not going to lie. It'll be competitive in the room. But all of them are super close too. They they do a great job of keeping on the field. All of them are pretty good friends. But I think it's just shoot, pick your poison, you know, just whatever week, uh, whichever, whatever quarterback is their name called, I think they'll, they'll all be ready. Now that they're all healthy, what kind of a difference have you noticed on the field? I think it, it ups the intensity of all of them, you know, um, knowing that there's a, there's a person right behind them that can, that can push them. I think it really ups the, ups the competition to them. And it also spreads around the entire field because you see them competing and they're, they're the leaders of the team. So it really ups the intensity of everybody and everybody's more competitive. So besides you at wide receiver, what does BYU bring back in terms of experience and, uh, I guess, swag that you're excited about in the receivers group? You know, we, we did lose a, a big chunk of our receiving core, but, you know, me, Dax, and then Neil returning, I think we, we have some experience, and I think we're, we're all hungry and ready. And so I think we're all, we're all ready to step up and, and take, that challenge, take on that challenge. Which defender do you enjoy competing against the most? Oh, man, see, I'm pretty good friends with most of the DVs, so it's, it's a lot of trash talk that goes on. I can't really name one specific one, if we're being honest, because it's, it's different with every single one. You know, D'Lo, Isaiah, Chris, like all those DVs, it's, it's a lot of trash talk, but it, it makes it a lot, a lot of fun. Gunner, you don't seem like the type to do a lot of trash talk. Are you a different person when you're playing against your own team? You know, when, the, when you're on the field, a different side of me comes out, and so it's, it's – I keep it kind of quiet. You know, you won't see a lot of that chirping, but they, they know it's, what's happening. So if you could pinpoint something that you want to do or, or uh, an area that you want your team to get to by the end of spring ball, what, what does that team look like? Yeah, I think we just want to be solidified on the playbook, solidified on the little details. So by the time we get into summer and, and fall, we're not really worrying about any of that stuff. We can focus on just, just being great. You know, we're not held back by people missing assignments. We're not held back by people um, – not knowing coverages or not knowing defenses and so we can really just just hone in with timing and hone in with uh, chemistry and stuff so I just want the spring to be productive and learning and for all the younger guys and even the experienced guys to just continue to to learn hey, we'll finish with this are you still the greatest Romney brother on the football team right now of course I mean I I'm a little biased to myself obviously but sorry Baylor and sorry Tate in two years so. thanks Gunner thank you ah long live brotherly love Gunnar Romney, BYU Sports Nation All Access. 
he said something similar to what Yoli Child said. We want to do something special. We want to leave our mark. I followed up with that and said, well, what does that mean? And he said, have the type of football season that BYU hasn't had in a long time. You know what that is in my mind, Jason? A team that finishes ranked in the top 25 and wins nine or more football games. It's been a while. Well, and Gunner is one of those guys that, and, and you guys talked about, just with so many wide receivers moving on and graduating, he's, he's in one of those prime spots to be a massive playmaker. And we certainly know what his skill set is. I'm excited to see what his season looks like, because I think he could have a, a big, big year. It's Gunner Romney, it's Dax Milne, and then it's Neil Pau. Yep. Those are the three main receivers we think in spring football right now that should lead that groom coming into the fall. Absolutely. Coming up, Evan Troy wows us with his reporter skills. Yeah, he wows us with uh, more than just his reporter (laughs) skills. That is for sure. And a BYU basketball resume update. Did BYU just pick up another Quadrant One victory, Jason? This is BYU Sports Nation. Listen to BYU Sports Nation on demand by downloading the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. It's really simple. Alongside Jason Shepard, I am Spencer Linton. We'd like to keep it simple here and whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's Basketball. The West Coast Conference Men's Basketball Awards were announced yesterday. Yoli Childs, TJ Haas, and Jake Toulson were all named to the first team. Toulson was named the WCC Newcomer of the Year. But Yoli, not named Player of the Year. That went to Petrushev of Gonzaga. Mark Pope, not Coach of the Year. That went to Pacific's Damon Stoddard. Scoff! Yes. Women's Basketball. Uh... You may have noticed that Sarah Hampson was named the West Coast Conference Defensive Player of the Year second time in her three-year BYU career. She is the fourth student-athlete in West Coast Conference history to win it twice within a career, and I think she might win it three times. Yes. The way that she's playing right now, Hampson, Brenna Drollinger, and Paisley Johnson all named to the West Coast Conference first team. Baseball. My guys defeating UVU 5-4 in the home opener at Miller Park last night. BYU now 7-6 on the season. The Cougars begin a three-game series at Oklahoma State on Thursday. Softball. Riley Jensen McFarland, awesome. She earned National Fast Pitch Coaches Association National Player of the Week. It's one thing to be the WCC Player of the Week. She's the National Player of the Week. The third NFCA Weekly Honor for Jensen McFarland while she's been at BYU. Over five games at the Judy Garman Classic, she batted, you know, 6.43, drove in eight runs, scored seven runs, hit three home runs. She did everything. Tennis. BYU freshman Jack Barnett was named the WCC Men's Singles Player of the Week after a 6-2-6-3 victory at Denver. Cougars in Pro Hoops. Eric Mika and his Stockton Kings defeat Awa Caliente 116-110. Mika had 25 points, 6 rebounds, and an assist. Just get him back up to the big squad already. Jimmer! I'm going to assume this is only because Jimmer played like 30 seconds and took one shot. Jimmer Fredette scored 2 points and had 2 rebounds in an 81-78 Panathinaikos loss to Olympiakos. Load management, Jason. I like I'm it. I'm pretty sure it was Rick Patino and load management I like it. for Jim or for Dan. All right. All right. It's now time for the BYU basketball resume update. BYU in the net rankings, still number nine, Jason. Number nine. It's good to be top ten. In Ken Palm, BYU is up into the top ten at number ten. What other... What about basketball power index? Uh, Previously, the Cougars 14. They stay at 
14 today, so no change there. Sagarin, 17 for BYU before, 16 today. So the Cougars move up a spot in uh, Steven Sagarin's. It's not Steven Sagarin. I just made that up. (laughs) Steven Sagarin. Strength of record is down to BYU at number 25 today. It is Jeff, by the way. I know it's Jeff. I was just trying to be stupid. And, hey, the KPI has BYU moving back up one spot to 29. Yay, KPI. BYU, by the way, is now 4-4 four and four in Quadrant 1 games. St. Mary's has moved to 29 in the net rankings, which makes BYU's home win against the Gales. You have to be 1-30 through 30 in that situation. BYU's win in Provo over St. Mary's is now a quadrant one victory. How about that? So now BYU fans are in an interesting position because you might want to root for St. Mary's to win on Saturday night in their quarterfinal and then play BYU on Monday. I know that playing St. Mary's isn't like the most fun prospect, but hey, neutral site, that would be a potential another quadrant one victory for BYU. You see, this whole thing of like you don't want them to win, but yet it helps your resume if they win and then you beat them again. This reminds me very much of fantasy sports. Yes. Where it's a team that you don't like. It's like your your arch. It's like me with the Raiders. You know? It's like you don't want the Raiders to ever win. Sorry, Ben. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> but yet, maybe you have the running back on your fantasy football team, and so you want the running back to score. It's a very strange dynamic that we've come to with sports. Yes. I'd like you to score three touchdowns <laughs> And, and lose. lose, yes. So go Which ahead and a lot for do the Raiders. that for me. Uh, BYU four and four in quad one games, four and three in quad two, and they have no bad losses. They finish an entire regular season with no bad losses. Jason, it's awesome. Fifteen and zero. Bracket matrix, one hundred thirty six brackets today. I love how the number fluctuates. BYU's average seed a five point four nine. They are listed as the last five seed in the bracket matrix S curve. The high seed, three. Thank you, Georgia basketball blog. And the low seed, wouldn't you know it, KPI. (laughs) What is the deal with KPI? It's the lowest metric for BYU, and they've got the Cougars and Iowa, by the way, as eight seeds. An eight seed? Come Come on. Come on, man. Who's in charge of KPI? I want them on the show. I want to know why they have a problem with BYU. Why does Kenneth Paul Iverson have a problem <laughs> with Brigham Young University? Maybe you should ask Steven Sagarin about that. I think they're friends. I almost went with Leon Sagarin. That may have been funnier. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. We know it's Jeff. We know it's Jeff. All right. Now for the Rootables. Maybe St. Mary's falls into that group as of this Saturday. Uh, tonight, Clemson and Virginia Tech. So the Hokies have kind of taken a free fall from the midway point of the season to this point. They're 87 in net. BYU needs that to stay a quadrant two victory. They're 87. So if they beat Clemson, that would help the case. Also, TCU at Kansas. Uh, I would think that Kansas winning would be better for BYU, Jason. Just keep that keep that train rolling. Be the lock. Yes. Be the number one seed. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? I have this funny feeling that BYU – might be in a bracket in the Midwest where they could have a potential rematch, rematch. if they make it to the Sweet 16. Hey, this time they'd have Yoli. They have Yoli. Hey, we remember how uh, how close that game was at halftime. Moral victories. Yes. Somewhere, Jerem Jordan's like, Losers like, talk about like, margins and <laughs> halftime deficits. Yeah, I, I threw that in because of the conversation on the show the other day about moral victories. <laughs> Coming oh. up, a new power couple. 
on campus. Ah, yes. And Jason, some may say <laughs> Evan Troy is gunning for my job or Jerem's job after his basketball career is over. Is it a fact? We're going to ask the man next as he goes live on the job. This is BYU Sports Nation, Bob. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tune in Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern time for a BYU Sports Nation special live from the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas as we get you ready for BYU hoops, both men and women beginning their tournament runs. That's 2 p.m. Eastern on Saturday on BYU TV and BYU Radio. I'm Spencer Linton. That is Jason Shepard. We are live in Studio B and ready for a level of swag that has rarely graced BYU broadcasting. If you missed it the first few times, BYU senior guard Evan Troy has changed everything about how BYU basketball players should show up to play the game. And he's taken his talents to post-game reporting as well. In fact, he was so good that we asked him to do a little more in-depth interviewing for us. So here's Evan Troy, the swaggiest senior for 15th-ranked BYU on the job. Thanks, Bob. We are here live with uh, some of the members of the team, Jake, Yoli, and TJ. Um, They're about to head off to Vegas. We're going to catch up with them. All right, folks, we are here live with Jake Toulson coming off a big-time win against Gonzaga. You guys are heading into the tournament now next weekend. Um, What's your favorite part so far of the season? My favorite part of what? Oh, Uh, favorite moment is this interview right now. Yeah, we're here first. So going into Vegas, what 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 are some things you're looking forward to about Vegas? I'm looking forward to uh, playing uh, in the conference tournament with my teammates. Uh, being in Vegas, I think there's a little bit more warmer weather. That'll be fun. Yeah, just uh, just looking forward to it. It's March, so it's it's the best time of the year. All right, folks, I'm here live with Yoli Childs. Um, Yoli, a couple questions for you here. You guys are about to go to Vegas um, over the weekend. What, what are you looking forward to? Uh, you know, just spending time with the guys, you know, taking care of business and getting better every day. You know, hopefully I can pull out a fit like this. You wish. Um, you're coming off a win against Gonzaga last Saturday. Um, historic win, but is it your favorite moment of the season so far? Yeah, probably. As, as cliche as that is, it was dope. Um, a, lot, a lot of the, the favorite moments come in the locker room, and we can't say some of those things. But uh, that, that was the best on-court moment for sure. All right, and uh, last question here. You made some headlines talking about uh, crumble cookies, talking about your favorite flavor. Um, can you tell us which one it is? Uh, BYU TV exclusive. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, it's, it's been real. Wow. He's a man of few words. All right, folks, we are here live with the TJ Hawes coming off a big victory against Gonzaga. Um, how'd that make you feel? Uh, you know, it was great. Great win for us. Uh, great confidence booster, and, you know, we're feeling really good. Okay. Um, so you just had a kid about three weeks ago, maybe. Is he going to be a better player than you are? Can you tell already? Absolutely. You can tell his, his jump shot is going to be as pure as they come. 
Okay, and uh, last question. So, you got a bit of hate mail here for your uh, for your check on Philip Petrusive. What was that about? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what that's all about. Um, I'm just out there trying to help my team win, and uh, apparently they they saw it as a cheap shot, and I was just trying to make a good defensive play. And there you have it, folks. You got the exclusives right here on BYU TV. Back to you in the studio, Bob. Evan Troy, BYU basketball guard and reporter extraordinaire after reporting in the field, is joining us now live in Studio B. Evan, welcome. Um, you know there's no Bob on BYU Sports Nation, right? Yeah, who uh, is Bob? That's my guy in studio. You guys don't know him yet. He's a little <laughs> he's higher pay grade than you guys. You'll, you'll know. You'll know. <laughs> I need to know this guy. Yeah, okay. Well, welcome. Uh, where did you get that jacket? Because it is one of a kind. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to say like it's tailor-made and stuff like that, but I'm balling on a budget. My mom got this, this little number for me on Amazon, $38. So, you know. It's, it looks pretty good for his price range. Balling on a budget. Yeah, I like Please that. Please make that a that hashtag. That is going to be a hashtag, and it absolutely should be the show title today of this show. Okay. Absol- okay. Here's my, and I told you this, I think it's the chain that pulls it all off. There's something about the turtleneck and the chain that just brings it all together. I got, I got the inspiration from, you know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson back in the day when he had the, the fanny, fanny pack, pack with the chain, the turtleneck look. I thought it might look good with the, the suit coat, so I went out. You know, amazingly, when you walked into the Marriott Center with this get-up on, it was a lot cooler than what The Rock was trying to pull off when he had the fanny pack get-up. When did you decide you wanted to take your swag to another level before the game? Well, it started like two weeks before. Dalt texted all of the boys. He's like, hey, they're going to do a league fit to pick. You know, everybody dressed in the nines if you can, and we'll, and we'll all get picks. And so that, that first half that I had with like that jean jacket and the Louis V bag and the hat and stuff like that, that was good. And then I was like, man, I got to take it up a notch. Like people are expecting <laughs> a lot from me. So I, don't, I came up with this and uh, history ever since, yeah. Well, clearly everybody got to see your, your interviewing skills and your skills as a media member. Whose job do you covet more? Is it Jerem or Spencer's? I, I heard that Dennis Pitta is already after Jerem's. So Th- that is correct. I'll, I'll come after Spencer's. We're the, we're the next generation of BYU TV greats. <laughs> the future BYU Sports Nation, Dennis Pitta and Evan Troy. Yes, the Pitta takeover <laughs> with the Troy swag. Oh, I love it so much. Um, okay, uh, if you were to pattern your style of reporting after a certain national analyst or reporter, who would it be? Well, I like my girl Holly Rowe, first off. She's great. Doris Burke, another one. Um, but, you know, this jacket, Craig Sager. Yes. Uh, Sager Strong. Um, I mean, you guys saw that in that second interview. The first one, we didn't have it on. But, yeah, I, I would say probably those three. Look, we wanted to ask you some, some basketball questions. This isn't all just about the very impressive outfit. Some may say that Yoli Childs deserves to have won the West Coast Conference. Some may yeah, say. Some, Evan, may, some may say some that. May say. That uh, he deserves to win the player of the year. What do you think of Petrushev winning over Yoli? I mean, he's a really good player. He, he definitely, you know, deserves the award if, I mean, it's hard to say he deserves it. But, I mean, I'll, kudos to him. He, he got it. I, I think Yoli deserves it. I think he got robbed a little bit. But, um, I mean, I, I know that's just going to fuel Yoli even more, especially going in the tournament. I would hate to be the one that has to guard him. So. Okay, what about the coach award, though? Because I thought for sure, given everything that BYU has gone through, the difficulties, injuries, maneuvering rosters, that Mark Pope would get it. He didn't. Damon Stoudemire didn't. Pacific had a great season. They were much improved. 
What do you think about your coach not getting West Coast Conference Coach of the Year? I think he was also robbed. I mean, Damon did a really good job over with Pacific. I mean, they were projected to get like 250-something, and now they're at like 100-something. That's a huge jump. But, I mean, a lot of people projected us to be like 50th in the country at the start of the year, and now we're all the way up to ninth in net. Like, that's a that's a huge, huge jump, especially when you reach that upper echelon. That's like incredible to make that type of, you know, a jump, especially in your first year, especially with all the injuries, with all the suspensions and all that. Like, I mean... Yeah, I think you got robbed. Are you going to argue with a guy who's wearing that no, outfit and no. those sunglasses? No, I'm not. Look, that's this is this is so good. You are not messing with this. You're not going to challenge anything <laughs> that's said from somebody that looks as good as this right now. Evan, how has your role evolved as uh, not just the guy who shows up and sets the tone for your teammate getting ready for the game, but on the floor as a player this season. You've been asked to do a lot of different things. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a different season than the last three before this. I mean, at the beginning of the year, especially with Yoli out, there was a lot of, like, minutes to be had, and there was a lot of, like, roles to be filled. And so I just, you know, try to do my job the best I can. Uh, obviously, some games are better than others, but um, eventually it evolved to, like, to a different, you know, aspect of practice team and stuff like that and then I jump back on and get some more minutes and then go back to practice team and stuff like that it's been different but I mean I've been just kind of taking all stride it's it's just part of the job so look it's it's our job to ask you guys as players questions clearly we've seen what you can do with the mic in your hand this really is an opportunity for you to now turn the tables a little bit do you have any questions that you would like to ask Spencer and I uh, maybe put us on the hot seat. I don't know. Absolutely. I mean, I came in with a little bit, a few questions in mind. Okay. Um, this is Jay, okay, so Jonathan Tavenari came on the show. He uh-huh. said he'd shave his head if, uh, I can't remember what, what we did. If, if Just, BYU makes the tournament. Okay, makes the tournament. Which is going to happen. It's going to happen. Yes. Can we get you guys on board with that? To shave to our shave heads. heads. Oh, well, we already know you're going boy. to the okay, tournament. Okay, okay. So, How like, about this? The, Sweet 16. We make it to the Sweet 16. <sighs> I think there's a great chance for yes, you no, to I go to the that, Sweet Six. Like, I think you need to up the ante. Like if BYU maybe advances past the people that, now, want to see it. Now Spencer, we're talking. The people want to see it. <laughs> Evan, I'm not sure the people do want to I see it. Some may say. We've seen, some may say. <laughs> We've seen Jerem with the shaved head. It was it was not. It was a not a good sight. look. It was not a pretty sight. Um, it's a fair challenge. Okay. We'll come back to that one. We need, we need to deliberate. Uh, Basically, we're trying to give the uh, the PC answer here. Okay. You know, we, right. so okay, that's fair. That's a fair question. Let me, let me tone down the questions. Okay. No, no. Honestly, I would say yes, but uh, I need to check with yes. uh, the two most important women in my life: yes. my wife and my mother. Fair. That is fair. <laughs> yeah, and we're still going with Sweet Sixteen. Or are we going to up it to Elite Eight? I'm sticking with Sweet Sixteen. I, we're going to make it hey, we to got the check. Final Four, but I mean, we, we got to check. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Next question. So we asked all the all the guys in that interview that they showed um, what they were going to do in Vegas. You guys are going down for a live show in Vegas, right? Absolutely. What What are you guys' plans in Vegas? What are you guys going to do? Lots of great food. Fez. <laughs> a lot of calling uh, basketball. Twelve games for BYU TV, and hopefully a little bit of sleep, Evan, on uh, Sunday before you guys get to work on Monday. So are you guys calling all the games? It's not just BYU's games. Eight Every- women's games, four men's games. Wow. And then, obviously, coverage of the BYU men's and women's teams as far as they go. You guys got a busy weekend. Evan, I'm not going down. I'm going to hold the fort down here. So I'm going to sit in the corner and cry every time I see how much fun everybody else is having in (laughs) Vegas without me. Somebody's got to hold it down. So I'm going to be here doing my pre-half and post from the BYU radio studios upstairs. Yeah. I mean, that's that's an important So I'll be sending good vibes from Provo.
Fair. All right. Fair. Evan, great to have you in I studio. I think he's man. disappointed sure. that we did not immediately say we would shave our heads. Well, I thought it was going to be a little bit more faith. Uh, you guys would trust yeah, us. It, like, no, it's not. We know. I, you guys trust us. The but, reason we're struggling is because we're pretty sure you're probably going to the Sweet <laughs> 16. Once you get to that Sweet 16 range, you need something to boost you over the edge. If we see you guys with shaved heads, I mean, that could, that could, that could do it. That could do it. Who knows? Okay. Things to be considered. Okay. Evan, great to have you with us. Uh, that jacket Jim McMahon would be envious of nice. for sure. And have you signed our latest flag? I have not. Okay. Right, we would love for you to sign the Sailor Coog flag before you go out. There we go. Thank you, guys. Yoli Evan, still Troy. the highest, by the way. Right yeah, of course. Top. Of course, Yoli, Yoli the top. I'll let him have that. Okay. He, he got robbed player of the year. I'll let him have that. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Oh, it's great to have Evan Troy in Studio B. Coming up, our rise and shout-outs, including a celebration of the way it should have been. Spring football continues at BYU. We take a look at the suddenly changing defensive back situation. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group. Serving Utah since 1968. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, the show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or you can download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the program. It is now time we take a look back and a look ahead as we break down the BYU football position groups and focus on the pass defense today, the secondary, defensive backs, corners, all of it. Presented by Tim Daly Nissan, today we are looking at, again, the pass defense. Lost, serious group of yes, players, absolutely. Jason. I mean, ta- we're starting with Diane Gawoliku. Yeah, Diane Gawoliku, as we saw during his time at BYU, was a fantastic player at safety, at cornerback. Wherever you put Diane, he was a playmaker. Running back, scoring yes. touchdowns. Yes, he was, he was unbelievable. Diane Gawoliku is one of the players lost. Austin Lee is a player that is moving on at safety, Austin Kofensis, Sawyer Powell. Those are all guys that you look at that BYU will not have in the defensive back. Think field. about it. Who, who are the two guys for BYU football right now that are trying to pursue professional football that have the best shot, we think, to make a roster right now? Dan Gawoluku and, and Austin, Austin Lee. Lee. Right? Okay, so that, that group, like the, those are the guys that we feel have the best shot to go next level. Now, what BYU does bring back is interesting because they're not all coming back at positions that they were playing last year. And mo- some movement here. Yeah, Zane the Train Anderson is back but not playing linebacker and maybe not playing safety but playing cornerback. He was with the corners to open up spring football practice. That intrigues me, by the way. Because of his speed and his physicality, I actually like the idea of him at corner. I like that move. See, see, so, we'll see if it plays out that way, but at least right now, he's at least with that group. He, he looks a lot better. He says he feels a lot better and understandably feels way faster. So Zane Anderson, maybe at cornerback. I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him do kind of what Diane Gawalaku does, which is, hey, we're going to put you where we need you. We exactly. need you at cornerback this week based on an injury. We need you at safety this week based on a matchup, whatever. Okay, then there's Troy Warner, who had one of the defensive highlights of the first practice, an interception on Jaron Hall. He's back at safety, and he, he's healthy for the first time in a full offseason, kind of like Fred had to go through between his yeah. sophomore and junior years. Yeah, and that, that's really one of the things that's just plagued Troy is his just he, he hasn't been able to be healthy enough to get on the field 
and and to prove what what he can do because we the talent is there. He just has been hurt and hasn't been able to get on the field as much. D'Angelo Mandel, Isaiah Heron also back at cornerback. Chris Wilcox is back. back. They yeah. love the coaches love Chris Wilcox and for and for good reason. Yeah, he the, this is a guy in terms of speed and athleticism. I mean, he's one of the best on, on the team without question. So having him back and, and healthy is, is a big deal. And then Max Tooley, now we talk about position changes, now at safety. Yeah, so Max Tooley is not going to put on a ton of weight. He's back where he feels more comfortable. I like the safety group. I like. I think BYU's secondary is in a pretty good place, probably in the best place they've been since, I think, 2013-2014. I talked about depth. I feel like BYU secondary, they have depth, Jason. It's a good thing. It's not something that they've enjoyed recently. Well, they have depth, but you don't want them to have to use the depth. That's been one of the other things is BYU's had to dip into the depth way too much because of injuries. Hopefully, you don't have to use as much of the depth as maybe you have in years past. Okay, Jason, let's uh, burn through this. Our Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountains. I'm always reading it. Why don't you do it today? All right. Elite Voice of the Day comes from Amy Jones on Twitter saying, I mean both. I guess the WCC just didn't want BYU to sweep all the awards. But now we get to go to Vegas and show the world who coach and player of the year really are. More motivation. And that actually is a perfect segue into my rise and shout out. Because my rise and shout out is going to Yoli and Coach Pope for being the real winners of the WCC player of the year and the coach year. They deserved those awards. They should have won them. My rise and shout out goes to the newest power couple for BYU Athletics. It is Connor Harding and Paisley Johnson engaged last night. Paisley tweeted out, well, I'm off the market, boys. Congratulations to Connor and Paisley. Very exciting time coming up in basketball and in their lives. Absolutely awesome. uh, Awesome time for both of those individuals. All right. Our thanks to today's guests, Evan Troy and Gunnar Romney. Conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jason, I am Spencer. Shout out to Keith Rice. We'll see you live from the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas tomorrow. There it is. It's happening, people. Go Cougs.